In our series on the problem of alienation, we have come to the place where we need to consider seriously the words of Peter in his first letter, chapter 2, verse 11, when he says, Abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. Let me summarize briefly what we have said thus far. We've noted that every man is born alienated from God and has a deep sense of alienation that nothing can satisfy and that only grows worse throughout life unless he comes to Jesus Christ, the only satisfaction for that sense of alienation. But when he does come to Christ as his Savior and becomes a believer trusting in him for his salvation, then a new sense of alienation begins to grow in his life. That's a sense of being alienated not from God, but because he has come to know God, and the more he comes to know him day by day, becoming alienated from this world and the ways of others in this world. We've noted many things, that the Christian then is a rootless person, that he's wandering through this world as a stranger, an alien, a traveler who's on his way to the heavenly country toward which he uh, is bent. But we've also noted that one of his problems is, is that he, if he be puts down roots and becomes a little too much rooted in this world, he can begin to live like others around him. And this is wrong. That's why Peter reminds us that we are not really a part of this world. We don't belong here. As the world is presently constituted, as it is a world kingdom of the powers of darkness, we are aliens and strangers from it. Not, of course, as the world is God's world, which someday he shall renew and which he shall make the abode of all true believers. But this world, as it now is constituted and as it is now ruled over by the prince of evil, who is making his last stand after having been defeated on the cross, nevertheless is so much in the hands of the evil one that it is something from which the Christian must move apart. And so as aliens and strangers, we look strange and we look alien. We look like foreigners and we act like foreigners as we continue to cultivate heavenly tastes and heavenly desires. And here Peter is urging us to do just that, to abstain from the fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. Now what does he mean by those words? First of all, let's understand what he doesn't mean. These fleshly desires are not innate bodily needs. The last thing in the world that Peter would be talking about here is some kind of ascetic teaching. The Bible is not ascetic. It does not tell us not to enjoy the things of this world in the sense that God has made and created a physical world, a, a globe, and all of the things that are within it. That's exactly the opposite from what we're talking about. We're not talking about the uh, various materialistic things that are around us. What we're talking about instead are the ways that people use this world, the ways that unsaved men look at it and use it and, and make it their God. And so these desires are not innate bodily needs, nor are these desires sexual desires in and of themselves. They could, of course, be innate bodily needs distorted or perverted. Peter could be referring also to sexual desires when improperly uh, uh, forming a part 
of our attitude and our motivation. But what he is talking about here is not some kind of bodily thing in and of itself. It is not that the body is sinful or that the material world is sinful, but rather, to the contrary, how we use the material world and how we use this fleshly body of ours. Fleshly desires, then, are desires that remain in our flesh, in our bodies, from the days when we were a part of the world. These fleshly desires are desires that we developed when we did not know God, when we were not trying to live as aliens or strangers in this world. When we were still aliens from God, we started living like citizens of this world. And we developed all sorts of habits and patterns and ways of life. These became deeply embedded and imprinted into our flesh, that is, into our bodies, the way that our bodies respond. This is the same sort of thing that Paul is talking about in Romans 6 or Galatians 5 when he talks about the works of the flesh and when he talks about the bodies of ours that have become habituated to sinful ways of living. We don't have time here to develop fully what Paul is saying in those passages, but I suggest that if you turn to Romans 6 when you have the opportunity and look at some of the verses there, for example, verses 12, 13, and 19, and Romans 7, verses 15 through 18, as well as verse 23. I'll read those once again if you'd like to jot them down. Romans 6, 12, 13, and 19. Romans 7, 15 through 18, and verse 23. If you notice that in those passages, Paul says, we are not to let sin reign in our mortal bodies that we should obey its desires, its lusts. And in verse 13 of Romans 6, he says, don't go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. And then in verse 19 he says, Just as you presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, resulting in further lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, resulting in sanctification. In those passages, what he's saying is this. The flesh, the members of our bodies, including our mind, our, our, our brain that is, the members of our body, have all become habituated by our sinful ways of living, to live in sinful ways. That's why lies still come out of our lips, that part of our flesh, of our bodies, when we are in a tight spot. It's because we learn to be liars. Our sinful nature developed lying ways. We were born sinners with a nature that could only manifest itself in sin, and very soon after birth we began to lie our way out of things. Our thought life began to be centered upon sinful thoughts and sinful ways of thinking, and so now we find ourselves still as Christians thinking in those ways. The body has been habituated to sin. Peter says here, we must learn to abstain from those fleshly desires, that is, those desires which were developed by our flesh and are still a part of our natural habituation as a result of it. We have to abstain, we have to put off 
those old ways, as Paul calls it in Ephesians 4 and Colossians 3. We have to put off the old ways, and we have to put on a whole new way of life in Christ. Today, just let's emphasize the fact that the old habit patterns must go. The old ways to which the flesh is habituated must be destroyed. The next broadcast will be one in which we'll talk about what must be put on in its place. But right now, notice that these old ways of the flesh, these old desires that have become so much a part of us that we do them without even thinking at times, really wage war against our souls. They bring guilt, depression, they lead to despair, fear, anger, sorrow, heartaches untold. We must get rid of them, and we can do it as aliens. Lord, help us to do just this, we pray, for Christ's sake. Amen. <laughs> 